All right, time for us to have a little chat with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simi. How are you today? Well, I'm good, thanks. I got a what a press conference coming up this afternoon, an update on the welfare situation, which is turning into a pretty bad season and early too. Yeah. Earlier than usual. It seems way earlier than usual. I know it's gonna be a lot of trouble. So I don't understand why uh, the premier, they seem to be refusing this issue of the declaring a state of emergency, even though mayors and everybody are asking them to do it. Yeah, I share political stubbornness, I would say. The the premier is of the view, because he's said it a bunch of times, that this whole call for a province-wide emergency is just a political job being put up by the B.C. Liberals. He says a province-wide state of emergency wouldn't make any difference. Uh, it, it does give government the power to commandeer resources and staff and everything. But everything is in place already, so there's no need for a province-wide state of emergency. And the Premier says it's just B.C. Liberals that are making a fuss over this, which, unfortunately for the Premier, isn't the case. Um, I think the growing chorus of voices is local officials. We've got, what, a couple of fire chiefs have spoken up, regional districts, mayors, councillors. Grand Chief Stuart Phillip of the Union of B.C. Indian Chiefs, who is not known for his B.C. Liberal Party sympathies. In fact, last time I talked to the Grand Chief, he was a member of the NDP. And um, what do we got now? We got... (laughs) woman, uh, Hunter, who ran for the New Democrats in Kamloops last election is on uh, social media last night saying smoke is no joke. Uh, This is a serious public health issue. It is time to act John Horgan. So the chorus of voices calling for this are all over the map. I guess the one thing they have in common, though, Simi, this is where it's a political problem for the Premier, um, is they're in the North and the Interior. And that's where the B.C. Liberals have been making political hay, because they've been pointing out again and again that that part of the province does not have a lot of NDP MLAs standing up for local residents. It's represented mostly in the legislature by B.C. Liberals, and the Liberals have raised the suspicion that if these were NDP ridings, uh, the government would be on it a lot more than it is. Wow, that means the B.C. Liberals have settled into opposition because that sounds like something the NDP would have said when they were in opposition. Sure, and, you know, I, I think one of the best comments on this was actually from the opposition leader, Shirley Bond, who represents Prince George in the legislature, and she said, you know, The declaration of a province-wide state of emergency, first of all, communicates to those communities that are wrestling with wildfires and fighting them. It communicates to them that the provincial government has your back. Um, We've had a comment from the mayor of Clearwater. He said, I know it's mostly symbolic, but right now in this crisis, it's very important to have that. That's where I say what we're seeing here is political stubbornness. This, the premier doesn't want to admit that the people calling for this might be right and that it might be a good idea to do it. He says, no, no, he's waiting for the advice from uh, provincial wildfire officials. Well, it wouldn't be the first time in B.C. history that a premier or a government overrode the advice of officials for political reasons. I think in the current crisis, it would send the right message. 
And again, probably won't surprise you that the rumblings out of government are that probably they're going to have to declare uh, a provincial state of emergency soon. And when they do, I think the first question would be, why did it take you so long? Well, you know, what, are you wait- what were you waiting yeah. for other than you don't want to admit that maybe the Liberals raised a good issue here? Yeah, exactly. And so what ramps up? So when they do declare that state of emergency, what kind of it, jumps into action? It expedites um, the, the ability of um, the, the Solicitor General, who's the Mike Farnworth, the Minister for Emergencies, and he's going to be at the press conference today, so he'll get asked about this. It expedites the ability to commandeer resources, um, declare areas, hand off, close things, uh, they can go as far as um, sequestering, drafting people to fight fires, sequestering. The the officials say they've we've had provincial state of emergencies in the past. We had one in 2003, uh, 2017, 2018. The, the one in 2018 was declared by the New Democrats. Uh, they say, well, they've never really had to use all these powers. They're just sitting there. Um, again, that's... It's a bureaucratic argument, and it we've heard from officials, again, in other places, including local government officials, that, well, yes, there are resources out there that aren't being used, and, well, yes, there are people available who could be, in effect, drafted to fight fires, and there's a shortage. The officials have admitted there's a lot of triage going on. There are fires that are not being fought because they don't have the people to fight them. So I think if you put all that together, Simi, you could say, oh, I'm not 100% persuaded that this, this, these powers wouldn't be useful right. in an emergency. And look, the fire in Osoyos last night is another one. I'm, I'm hearing your reports on the news this morning on NW. Like, this thing came up in a matter of minutes. I know. These, the, the interior is so dry, the conditions are so bad for fires that you don't have much time to respond. So I think even if it's just sitting there idling at the curb, the powers available in a province-wide emergency might well come in handy when you have mere minutes to respond to the latest wildfire crisis. That is so true. Okay, so more to come on that today. Also, let's talk about the Massey Tunnel, because all of a sudden there's a lot of chatter about this again. Well, hey, there's a business plan. Is there? (laughs) The the government's openness and transparency, again, is on display here. The business plan for the replacement for the Massey Tunnel went to the government last December. It's still secret. What does it say? Well, they won't tell us. Uh, but two things that it must say is what's the best option for replacing the tunnel. Um, if it's another tunnel, that would fit with what the New Democrats told us when they killed the project that they inherited from the Liberals, because the Liberals, right. as you know, were going to build a bridge. Yes. But my guess is as if this business plan confirmed everything the New Democrats had been saying, we'd have it. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I think we would have had a victory lap and a, and a trophy presentation and all that. My guess is it hedges on that issue. It's a tough call 
the previous government spent an awful lot of time wrestling with all the options. And while some people were sure that it was clear-cut, it's a tough decision. And, and the main problem is that the tunnel would be very disruptive to the river bottom, would create various environmental problems, it could be expensive, um, it is opposed, for example, by a uh, local First Nation, the Tawasan Band. Um, so you, you wouldn't, it wouldn't just be automatic that you go ahead. It'd have to survive right. environmental review, and it might not. The problem with the bridge is, well, they killed one of those, in fact, wrote off $100 million bucks um, of construction money that had been spent. So it's not an easy decision. The official reason, though, Simi, that they're holding it back is because they've sent it to Ottawa, and they want the federal government to help build it, and since hmm. they're waiting for the federal government to, gee, prime minister might come out here and offer money for things. Where do people get these notions? I don't know. <laughs> Not but that they anyway, ever do that. Uh, they're they never they're do holding that. off, uh, waiting for a uh, federal election call, uh, Ottawa to say it'll help pay, uh, pay for the cost. I'm guessing, too, that the estimated cost of this thing has gone up. It always oh, does, so... Political controversy, not a big winner, and the other advantages of holding it off, uh, Ian Payton was on with Mike Smith yesterday yes. pointing out that the advantage of holding it off is you don't have to start paying for it. Uh, you might be able to hold it off for yet another electoral cycle. Oof, boy. Uh, by then it's going to be long overdue, right? It's, like, it's overdue yeah. now. By then it's going to be like a Patola Bridge long overdue. I'm, I'm sure the uh, listener, uh, if, if uh, he or she uh, heard this... Uh, bit before he or she went into the tunnel this morning has no steam rising from his <laughs> or her head. Hey, listen, I, I moved because I couldn't take that tunnel drive yeah. anymore. Uh, Vaughn, it thank hasn't you. gotten any better. No, it has not.